What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. I should have did this episode days ago. But one thing I like to do is let things kind of settle down a little bit. Because there's always something going on in sports. Whether it's a scandal of some sort, someone passing away, or just anything. You know what I'm saying? So, when I do shows, like, literally right when shit first happens... I do it when it first happens without any real details behind it. So that's why I'm starting to be like, okay, let me slow down. Let certain details come in come in here and there so I can be better prepared for the shows. And plus I have some personal shit that kind of brought me down a little bit. But I'm back to form. Definitely back to form. I'm ready to do another show for y'all. Shout out to Wifey. My first topic is going to be Ric Flair's final, final match. Now, I thought that his wrestling career didn't end on, well, I can't say that his matches couldn't have ended perfectly because he chose Shawn Michaels to retire him. That should have been it. But he got the bug again and just wanted another one more match. And he won that in the same way that he won the NWA title from Harley Race. Bloody. He teamed with Andre Day Idolo and they wrestled against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I love Jay Lethal, but Jeff Jarrett. Ugh, yeah. But anyway, Ric Flair got all his emotions out, said his whole family was there, saying how much he loves the business and stuff like that. Flair, I get it. We know how much you love the business. That's why you can't stay away from it. Like, it would kill you just to be Ric Flair, the person. But at 74 years old, you still want to have the long flowing locks with the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun to the day you in the ground. But sir, just realize that you don't have any very many one more matches left in you. Because 2008 WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels was your last match in my eyes. I had to cover this because it was a big deal. People wanted to cover Ric Flair's last match. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to bring it up just for the sake of the show. But honestly, there shouldn't have been a final match. Because you had so many quote-unquote final moments, standing ovations... Everybody honoring you, which there's nothing wrong with that. Ric Flair is, without the shadow of a doubt, one of the greatest wrestlers and world champions in, in the business's history. You can't take that away from him. But after a while, enough is enough. So please, put those boots up, bury them, lock them up in Charlotte safe. Do what you gotta do, man. Those days are over. Live your life. Watch your grandkids and kids. Continue to grow up. Watch Charlotte's career. Hell, I love Charlotte Flair. She's one of my favorite wrestlers in the Divas division in WWE. And I know she would love to have her father around longer. So you keeping on wrestling, even if it is just for one more match. Come on, man. You got to think about, start thinking about your health. Because you can't take the bumps as you used to could, okay? And at 74, those bumps are going to start to stick a lot more than what they would have if you would have been, hell, 60. 
because he came back full-time when he was at Evolution back in the day. But anyway, Ric Flair had his last match. He won his last match. Now, enough. And that's all I have to say about that. Then you have Mr. Deshaun Watson being suspended for six games. But the NFL is appealing it because they want him suspended for the entire season. And honestly, the whole thing is just fucking draining. And people that I've talked to, like my manager and different people, aka Browns fans, are saying they don't want the Browns to shine, so they messing with this black man. Listen, this is not a Browns issue. He would have had the same damn problems if he stayed with the Texans. Like, if he was still with the Texans right now, Deshaun Watson would still be going through the same shit. So him being on the Browns has absolutely nothing to fucking do with it. They're going to want to make an example out of him. Because we know that the whole black quarterback's code of conduct has to be a little bit higher than the average quarterback, if you know what I mean. So, a black quarterback has to have no flaws, be squeaky clean... And make absolutely no mistakes. But then when they do succeed, the league is going to try to find something. Something to force them out of the league. I've seen it too many times, honestly. Especially with black quarterbacks. We can go back to Hill. Doug Williams. We can go back to the whole fucking Michael Vick scandal, even though that's a touchy subject because we know certain people won't let those dog scandals go and say that he shouldn't have had a career after those dog scandals are hurting those poor innocent dogs. Cam Newton. They dog Cam Newton when he was at the height of his career. Now Cam is out of the league now. I could go down the list. But anyway, a lot of this shit hasn't been confirmed nor denied. He's been paying off quote-unquote victims who haven't been telling their stories, but I don't think there's any story to tell really. Like, the league just wants to make an example out of Deshaun Watson. Because you didn't hear shit about him doing nothing before this. Except for playing football, putting up good numbers for the Texans. Like, he had a squeaky clean image until all this bullshit just came out of fucking left field. And I'm just like, listen. All y'all doing at this point is just making his life a living hell. And for what? For what reason? Of course, we're not going to get those answers because there aren't going to be any. But the NFL is going to try to put their foot down and suspend him for a year. And honestly, I feel bad for him because he, he just wants to move on with his life and play football. But the higher-ups in the NFL are not going to let that happen. So I'm just going to pray for Deshaun Watson. So if you do go on to play football, you'll be released in out of one hill into another, which is the dog pound. So, sir, perform your ass off for the Browns fans because it won't end well. If you don't really perform there. And I'm not even going to go in on Browns fans because it's not even worth it. But in a little bit sadder news. Sports World lost two Giants. Mr. Vin Scully. The Los Angeles Dodgers legendary broadcaster. Passed away. And as a broadcaster. Well future broadcaster myself. Vin Scully was one of those names that you grew, grew up listening to. Granted, I didn't grow up in Los Angeles. I realize that. I am a Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised person, okay? However, I always looked to Los Angeles sports because I would watch Dodger games back in the day when I was younger. And Vin Scully would always call the games flawlessly. I always loved his delivery. I loved his presentation. And I liked his personality because Vin Scully was that type of guy. 
Hell, he was like Chick Hearn was to the Lakers. If you know anything about Mr. Chick Hearn, he was the voice of the Lakers for, ooh, like 20, 30 years or so. And the way he passed away was fucked up. Like, But anyway, anyway, that's an, another story for another day. The man was an absolute legend. If you weren't, if you, and if you didn't listen to Vince Scully, or, or you aren't from Los Angeles, or really don't care about Los Angeles sports, it's not gonna hit you as hard because you really don't know what Vin meant to the the city of Los Angeles and to the fucking Dodgers. You know, so rest in peace to him, and prayers to his family. And even though he lived his life, I think he was like. 90? I could be wrong. Like He was up there in age, so Vin Scully definitely lived a full life. You know, his career is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Regardless if he was sick or whatever, he still managed to call games. And one thing that I was glad for is he, is he got a chance to see the Dodgers win their last World Series. Because I know that would have been something he would have wanted to see. Hell, it would have been something that my husband Kobe wanted to see. But hey, what can you do? Rest in peace Mr. to Mr. Scully. And also, the NBA lost a big legendary name as well. I was at work on Sunday, and I went on break. And I seen that Bill Russell had passed away. Mr. Bill Russell, he was one of the NBA's pioneers. In the days where plumbers and firefighters were playing in the NBA. And this man redefined what defense, what it meant to play defense in the NBA. He was woven into the team, the Boston Celtics, more than anybody on those legendary teams. Because it didn't matter if he scored or not. He was going to make a defensive play and block shots for his team so they could win. And boy, did they fucking win. 11 rings in 13 seasons, and 8 of those rings came at the Lakers' expense. But, I would never take anything away from what Bill Russell meant to the NBA, to the Celtics, and to the league as a whole. Because he developed relationships with certain players. Him and Kobe were close. And from one Laker to another Celtic, that mean, that says a lot. Because even though you rep your rival... You're still going to have respect for that player as a person and as an actual player because if you were like if Bill Russell were to play in today's game now, he would come with a sort of cerebral approach to defense. You know, and even though they say the players now are bigger, faster, stronger, what can you do when someone's defensive mindset completely overrules yours? There would have been nothing these little boys could have been able to do to stop Bill Russell because if you went up, he was going to do all he could to block your shot. So, or stop you from scoring. So listen, one thing that I want these little young young people to do now when they watch sports, learn about those who came before your precious generation came along now. If you want to know why the game is what it is, go back. Watch old documentaries. Watch old games. And see why these players have were revered the way they are because young people nowadays they want us to respect their generation of players so bad but when it comes to anything else hell we're not even talking about the 80s and 90s we're going back further to the 70s 60s and 50s all they know is 
oh, guys were old and this and that back in the, in the NBA back then. But they don't really take the time to really learn about the history of the game and what these players had to go through so that, so that their generation of players wouldn't have to go through the shit. Everything from travels, from traveling to games, to how, how the game was played back then, to the crowds. Like, everything has been evolved for what they had to deal with so the new players wouldn't have to. And Bill Russell, he put his career on the line for black people. Because I believe there is a photo of him and Muhammad Ali. And so, Bill Russell definitely did a lot in his lifetime. He passed away at 88. And I'm like, that was one of the biggest things I wanted to cover for this because I'm like, oh man, I already know I'm going to have to talk about this because me and my boy Mike on the Michael Mike Energy Radio every Thursday and Thursday and oh, airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 to 9 p.m. There you go. We talked about that briefly, and I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to talk about this on my show. So, rest in peace to Bill Russell, and, and prayers and love and light to his family. Also, there is a upcoming Lakers documentary coming up on Hulu. I haven't used my Hulu in a long-ass time, so I'm going to have to fucking do what I got to do and get that back so I can be able to watch this. Now, uh, while I see where this is going, and no one knows more about the Lakers than I do, I just have one problem with the whole, with the whole preview. My husband can't be there, but he can have his ass all up in the camera being there. Listen to me. That one ring does not override three years of non-playoff suckiness and first-round exits. Because I was told so many fucking times about how I needed to be proud that LeBron was a Laker and be grateful that he chose the Lakers and they would be back to relevancy. So I'm grateful for mediocrity. I'm sorry, I'm ungrateful for mediocrity. Three out of the four damn seasons, they either didn't make the playoffs, or got eliminated in the first round. So really, what should I be grateful for? The same shit I could have gotten if he wasn't there? So he's just going to try to brand himself as a Laker. And I'm, I'm not, I know it, because I'm like, listen, real Laker fans are like, this is our shit. His fans condemned the Lakers and Kobe so damn bad for years. Then when he joined the Lakers, they want to suddenly, quote-unquote, respect them when they don't in the first place? No, fuck that. Like, it's just something about him that I just never liked. It was always, I always smelled the fakeness off of him coming a mile a fucking way. And I could never rock with him. And even when I would try, there would always be something that would make me see why I never was a fan in the first goddamn place. So I'm just going to have to watch this documentary and just stomach him being there. And embrace everybody else that's there. Because I know Magic is there. I know Genie is there. I know the Shaq is there. They're going to have clips of Kobe being on there. But 
is not the same because obviously Kobe is not here. So I'm going to have to watch this. Also, the Brittany Griner verdict. She was sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison for a vape cartridge. Now, going into this, I never, I didn't have a good feeling about it. I'm like, they're probably going to sentence her. But listen, I'm going to say this to Joe Biden. You better do everything you fucking can to bring her home in one piece. Because I don't see her sitting in fucking jail for that. When she would have gotten less time if she actually killed some fucking body. Obviously, she's a, she's a political pawn. And they want to make an example out of her. When it really wasn't really that much. And other people have different takes on it. People are saying, well, if you do the crime, you do the time. And this and this and that. However, if Brittany Griner was your niece, your daughter, your cousin, your sister, your whomever... You would have a hell of a lot more sympathy than what you are right now. Because it's always tee-hee and hee-hee until it happens to somebody that you love. Then suddenly it's not so fucking funny. Then you're going to want to work like hell to make sure they get out of prison. But what can you really say? People are going to say what they want to say for for a little cheap-ass laugh. But if it gets too close to their home, suddenly it's a problem. So, Brittany Griner, keep your head up. The Phoenix Mercury. I know they're hurt. Because I just watched the press conference that Skylar Diggins did yesterday about Brittany Griner. And they said they just got to keep pushing because that's what she would want them to do. And all of them are emotional right now. So, honestly, I don't even know what the Mercury's record is. I got to go and look. But I just see them somehow, someway pulling it off this year with the championship. An honor for Brittany Griner. And honestly, that would be pretty cool for them because they would need a boost or some type of motivation to keep playing hard. Because they know Brittany, if she was there, they would be higher in the standings. So, prayers to Brittany Griner and her family. And let's see what else. Oh, I almost forgot about this. So, Lahee and his contract signing. He had a productive meeting with the Lakers. Productive doesn't mean he signed it. I haven't gotten any news or any word that he signed anything on the dotted line saying he would come back to the Lakers for another X amount of years. So I am not going to pin my hopes and wish on a star and hope that he stays. I hope he fucking leaves. I really fucking do. Because like I just said, three out of the four years, it was all mediocrity. Empty promises and excuses. Then when you make promises that you can't keep, there's always a reason to why it didn't happen. I'm tired. I'm motherfucking tired of him and all his bullshit, all his bitchy injuries, all his diva ways, him wanting to conform the team to how he wants it to be so he can win all the time. Well, the four years showed you that you cannot win all the time. Humble your fucking self. And this man is going to be 38. And honestly, I don't expect mountains to move or seas to part. However, his fan base expects the magic to always be there. Like he, he'll never decline. But they had no sympathy for Kobe when he was declining. When Kobe was having bad games and injuries out the ass, they were quick to say how old and done he is. However, when Lahee does the same thing and gets injured, 
and loses while breaking personal records and padding his stats. Oh, he's playing good. They're not no they don't give him any help. No matter where the fuck he goes, it's always gonna be the same goddamn excuses. So, in short, productive beating doesn't mean he signed on the dotted line. And I honestly hope that he leaves the Lakers and let us have our team back and he can take his little bitch ass stands with him. And that's just that on that. And on that note, I'm gonna get my ass out of here. I'm sorry I procrastinated for the show, but hey, you got one now. Thank you guys again and again and again for your support of Dangerous Sports Talk and Be Dangerous. I love you guys so very much, and I am out of here. Peace.